0: Welcome to Anything But Routine presented by Just For Kicks. This podcast covers everything and anything dance. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. All right, a few more questions. Brittany Holdner Holdner says, um, how do you have creative class ideas for summer sessions? How to keep rec kids, recreational students engaged over the summer months? Okay, a few ideas I would have on that would be themes of the week, depending on the age. However, you could even do that with older kids. It would be fun. Our high school kids love theme days at camp, so you could have theme days or theme weeks or whatnot. Teacher swap is a really fun thing. I'll teach your classes if you come teach mine, even if you have to drive a couple hours. It gives them a new perspective, a new teacher, something fun, doesn't cost you anything if you and another great teacher switch places. Uh, surprise style day. One of my directors did this where the kids signed up for a six week session and they had to bring in their duffel, you know, any kind like jazz shoes, hip hop shoes, tap shoes, you know, all their shoes. And they did not know what they were taking, which night. And then that night they'd be like hip hop combos and get your hip hop shoes. And the kids really liked it cause they didn't know what it was going to be. So that was kind of neat. Um, Something fun we've done is had a Friday night dance party and had it be like Midnight Madness or do something different. You could do some things at night with light sticks, glow sticks, different type of things like that to come up with rhythm and choreography lessons. Father-daughter day would be fun. Have the dads come with, uh, perform or rehearse in a park where people are watching while, while you rehearse would be neat. Uh, I'm trying to think what else was summer months, but that's about all I have on that. So good luck with that. Now then, Amanda Lenny Westgard asked tips and tricks for getting dancers to tighten up their tighten up their lines and increase force of movement. Something I work with all the time, but my dancers never. I never feel like my dancers progress the way I want them to. Okay, so tighten up your line. I would just be if you're talking a kick line, I would talk about get your arms as tight as you can. Work at pulling out the line. like think about a think about a rope if you were to let it hang not taut, it would be droopy. But if you want it to be tight, pull it from both ends and think about if you'd pull out to the end of the kick line, that would help. Everyone must carry their own weight. Don't lean on each other. That will help that. Now, how to get tighter? I'll tell you what, Amanda, we all deal with this. So here's I, I constantly do it. I have some years that are tighter than I feel like it's really important to focus on it, so it's a good question. The one thing I would do is, instead of saying tighter, say shortest distance. So cut the slack out of all your movements. No more wa oomphs and extra. Like a lot of kids, when they land their turns, they do this little wachah thing with their hands. Film and watch it in slow motion, and you will see all the extra movement your kids have. On things like when they clean or when they connect or when they land a turn, take out the slack. So that's my first thing. Um, maybe have a tightness contest between sides of the group and, you know, see who can be the tightest. The other thing is if you find a kid that's getting it, like if the light has gone on, really have her demo so they get what you're talking about. And so praise the kids that are getting it short and tight. Maybe they get to move to the front. All right, she's got it. You're going to move up here in the front. Everybody watch her. Do it measure by measure and talk about each and every movement in the eight count and shorten it up and make it tighter. Also have stopping points. I think a lot of people, like I even think of like when teams are doing like T, T, clap above your head, T, clap above your head. You know, when you do the, I I can't even think what you call them, but a lot of people have the arms that drop past the T and they're just not, they don't have stopping points. So with every movement that you do have a stopping point. Watch films of tight teams. I talked about watching yourself. Now have a goal. Tell the kids, tomorrow, come back with your idol tight tight team and see if they any of them come back with teams. You know, watch some college dance teams like U of M. Oh, my gosh, they're my idols. And, and – they are tight. Like our kids are lucky enough that we get to go there once a year and watch them. And it's incredible. You just say, do that. That's what we want you to do. Because sometimes they don't know what you mean. So if you give them an example, it's going to help them. So I hope that helps. The next question comes from Taylor Zek. She coaches with a friend in a small town. And we just finished our season with a, with a first-year team. I would love a podcast about what you would do to build a team from scratch and what areas you'd focus on most. Budgeting would also be helpful. Okay, so let's talk about a few things. The first and foremost thing I would would focus on is culture. You have to build the culture. So you've got to get what you're talking about. I know when I started with my team, you could talk and talk and talk, but till you show them a team that you want them to look like or you show them how the team practices you know, it it just doesn't go anywhere. So get your kids on a bus, drive somewhere. I can think of somewhere close to you guys that you could drive and watch a practice and let them see how hard those teams work. Um, Also work on the parent culture. You might want to load the parents on the bus too so they could see because sometimes with new teams, parents don't get it. So they kind of like they kind of try to put the brakes on and aren't pushing with you. They're they're kind of holding you back. So if they go too, they might be helpful. They, they might be more helpful in the long run. Um, but the culture, culture, culture is the biggest thing. Don't expect it to happen right away. It's going to take time. Also, notice small successes and reward them. Don't reward just winning. Reward progress. You know, talk about progress. Are we better than we were yesterday? You know, I think we're getting better. And talk about every day what you can, what you did better than the day before, and that helps kids. Make uh, the money thing budget. I don't really set a budget. I'm bad at that, but I love my kids making a lot of money so we can do what we want. So that's kind of what our team operates on. Every kid has to at least make, um, two hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred for team stuff that we buy, like costumes, that type of thing. And then we have extra money from shows and that type of thing. But get busy on fundraisers. Get a few bigger fundraisers. And then if the kids, they have the option of either paying in that 300 or fundraising that 300 And that's helped with budgets. I have the coaches control the budgets, not the parents. I don't know if that helps you. But yeah, that's that question. So the next question comes from Evie McPherson. I love your podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'd love info on how to discuss body health and team muscle. It's a sensitive subject that is hard to discuss with kids because we want to be health healthy and muscular. Um, I you know, hmm, I'm I'm trying to think about this one. I hadn't reread it. So I talk a lot about eating disorders and about prevention of eating disorders because, you know, not necessarily to my kids, but but I want them and to the parents, I want them to understand that dance is at high risk for eating disorders. We're looking in the mirror all the time. We're comparing ourselves to one another. We're wearing tighter costumes. So it is just a, you know, it's a kind of a given that They are weight conscious. So I stay as far away as I can from saying, you never want to say things like some of you need to lose some weight or some of you need to get more muscular. You would be better to talk directly to someone that you were, you know, you had that, that thought with. But we just work so hard that our kids get strong that I don't feel like I have to talk about it. You know, I I don't know what you were getting at, like with lean muscle. It's a sensitive subject. I, you know, I think they will be lean and muscular if they work out hard. I think you need to think about what they're eating. There, I, you know, at camp, we've had classes on nutrition and what kids should eat. And I took one at a national coaches conference that was really great for kids. So, pre, I could email you that if you email me because I have all the notes typed. But, Competit pre-competition food, what to eat during training. So if you, mo, I talk about your body is a machine and you need to fuel that machine, just like a car. If you have a car, you need to put gas in it. If you're an athlete, you need to power that machine with the best healthy food that you can put in it. But everybody likes a Dairy Queen. Everybody likes a dessert. You don't need to never eat a dessert or never eat a Dairy Queen. They should be um, working out so much that, that really it shouldn't be a problem. So um, I don't know if I was getting at what you're asking, but I hope so, and I'd be happy to say more on that subject. Or actually, we could do a whole podcast just on that subject because that's awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Anything But Routine podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star rating. For more anything but routine content go to justforkicks.com/ anything but routine.